Compassion has been an area of interest of mine clinically and personally for um, some time now and it transforms the work that I do with clients and it's transformed a lot of the relationship that I have with myself and continually navigate. And so we're here to explore together self-compassion, looking at what it is, why it's hard, what are the inner qualities of compassion we want to cultivate and ways to do that and to practice and giving you hopefully some inspiration and curiosity to go off and, and try it for yourself. So what is it? What is self-compassion? Well, modern day psychology, there's a two-part definition that we work to. And so the first part of the definition that says, compassion is the attention to the suffering in ourselves and others. So a sensitivity to the suffering in ourselves and others. The second part is more the action and doing part that says, with an intention to want to prevent or alleviate it. It's very much that we're not just sort of kind of going, oh, there, there, that's really awful. But actually there's also a, a follow-up there to really want to try and prevent and take action going forward. So why is it hard? Well, we, you know, we all know logically that actually having a kinder, more compassionate, more accepting relationship with ourselves and others makes for a much happier place to live and be and cultivate a sense of safety and trust in the world. But it's just really hard. And the truth is, we're not born with it. So when it comes to self-compassion in particular, you know, we have to really cultivate the skills, the internal self-talk and the emotional regulation skills and the resilience to really uh, bring that to life in a way that we are not born with. And so it takes a lot of practice, basically. It's daily work and we need to understand the landscape internally. We need to understand what gets in the way, what are the blocks and really being able to then identify our needs much more intimately and much more intuitively um, during the day and in the moment when we need a particular quality of inner compassion that we can begin to cultivate through um, our self-talk but also experiential practice for ourselves with ourselves and then we bring that forth into the world in a way that everyone gets to benefit because we're bringing a much more regulated truthful and connected version of ourselves into the world so the inner qualities I guess are tricky because our learning history kind of really impacts to how how we are able to kind of regulate our feelings and understand our emotions and be kind to ourselves you know if we grew up with parental sort of uh, influences that might have been quite critical or um, you know having sort of negative comments into us or having a kind of harsh critical sort of upbringing um, then it can be really tricky to cultivate a much more objective and kind internal language because we may start to really believe a lot of that inner dialogue that's kind of been sort of I guess setting the tone inside of ourselves for many years and so it can develop unhelpful beliefs about ourselves sometimes too that we're not worthy that maybe they were not good enough or perhaps fundamentally we're flawed there's something wrong with us or maybe even a bad person so our, our early learning history and upbringing and the beliefs that we cultivate through our early experiences in adulthood really shape our ability to be accessing um, a much more objective and compassionate and kind way of how we can relate to ourselves and the truth is not everyone has access to that growing up you know some people grow up in difficult circumstances where it's not there and the good news is thankfully because our brains are so malleable and we have the ability to learn a lot of these skills at any stage in life you can do this at any time so 
if it's something that you struggle with, this is definitely something that you can learn and start to update the brain with, update the heart with, and begin to create new neural pathways in ways that haven't been connected before so that you're freed up to live that life in a way that's important to you. It's just so, so cool. The inner quality, so having to think about what that might be. Could be called more of a sense of self-compassion through a sense of acceptance. So we're going that bit deeper. What does it mean to accept oneself? Well, it definitely doesn't mean having to be entirely in love with yourself. You know, it's about being able to being able to be okay with all the parts of yourself that exist. Well, you know, that might be accepting the reality of how you are in your life right now, kind of warts and all, with an appreciation that, yeah, what you can work on stuff that you can work on. There might be parts of yourself that you don't like that maybe you can't, and it's about how you begin to love and accept and make a space for that. Why should you still try and do the self-improvement on yourself and then healing in the way that you want to? It's about still being okay and being able to appreciate and accept yourself while that journey is happening. The other really big important quality is responsibility. So it's how we take responsibility for our relationship with ourselves. You know, being able to really catch ourselves and we're saying horrible things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else. Like, it's just not okay, you know? Some of the stuff that we can hurl at ourselves is just totally unacceptable and really cruel and it's not helping us to move forward in any way, shape or form. And so we want to be able to catch that with a real sense of responsibility to be like, whoa, 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 I don't have the right to talk to myself like this. This isn't okay. And to give ourselves the chance to turn it around and to be much more balanced and objective, to give ourselves an actual chance in the world to be who we want to be. And then we take that into the world really in terms of having a responsibility for how we take care of our feelings, look after ourselves and show up in the world in a way that's going to be um, how we want to stand for and be remembered for really. Um, it's not easy. You know, it's often tricky and we're beginning with ourselves all the time. And the good thing about a lot of these qualities is the more we practice them and the more they get them online, the actually the easier it is to access them, particularly then in difficult moments. It can really help us to move through a sense of suffering much quicker. We can let things go much easier. And we know in order to feel safe in the world, we need to have a sense of groundedness, the ability to come back and recenter, and a sense of trust inside of ourselves that we can hold the whole like the whole load that sometimes is, is kind of going on inside of ourselves that other people may not even notice and just be battling and wrestling with difficult emotions and um, often in combination with each other so we need we need something as a container to really hold a lot of that in a kind compassionate way so that our experience can come and that it can go and emotions can come and go and difficult thoughts and sensations and building on that, there's a real sense of tolerance. It's our ability to become more tolerant, to hold and stay with ourselves long enough, you know, through a difficult feeling or, you know, through a difficult moment that we're like, no, I'm not just going to evacuate myself now and disconnect or, you know, shut down. I'm going to stay with myself long enough because I owe it to myself to stay with myself, to, to be accompanying myself through this difficult moment, knowing that it passes. I'm worth it. I, I'm worth staying with myself enough. I value being, having my own back and being with myself in this moment. So, so powerful. Forgiveness. Like, we're not perfect. Our caregivers, our parents, teachers, 
you know, all those people that would have shaped and, and continue to shape perhaps who we are, are not perfect either. And often coming to that realization is, is really hard because we don't often see sort of other people's dysfunctionality or their limitations as we grow up. And, and when they do, it can be quite a reality check for ourselves. And we realize actually, you know, everyone's mainly just trying to do the best they can and carry their own dysfunction or their own struggles in some form or other. And whilst that's their responsibility to navigate that, you know, um, and deal with that, that actually we can just have an acknowledgement and appreciation of the fact that that's their stuff, you know, but we can forgive ourselves for the fact that they may have had shortcomings in terms of how they've related to us. Thankfully, as adults, we can have much more of a proactive, assertive responsibility in that and create healthy boundaries for ourselves, where perhaps we may not have been able to do that um, as a child growing up. And growth. So when we're really cultivating a sense of, you know, responsibility, sense of acceptance, and, and trust in the world, I guess it really comes from our ability to have empathy for ourselves, a sense of really putting ourselves um, into the shoes of another, and be able to really mentalize, be able to see what it would have that sense of like appreciation for um, what's going on and the experience of the other person, and also a sense of sympathy, you know, being able to really acknowledge that actually, yeah, sometimes it's really hard, sometimes it's just. You know, we can be sad for ourselves if that's the case. It's not wallowing in self-pity, but it's about an acknowledgement of our own experience and, and an honouring of that in a way that we can feel for ourselves. Growth is really key because it helps us to then take all those skills and stay connected long enough and actually move through the world in a way that's much more expansive and much more able to support ourselves, particularly in the difficult moments and to really stand by ourselves when we have to be courageous and to to be the version of ourselves that we want to be. You know, to be compassionate in modern day is often an act of rebellion. It's not always, um, you know, encouraged. We live in a society that's very fragmented and often quite black and white and very divisive, you know, and so sometimes it really it's hard to be the voice of courage, to have to say the unpopular thing, to call an injustice or to speak up for oneself, to whistleblow, whatever it might be, um, and to honour that experience in the service of compassion and to follow through. It's just not easy. And so we want to be able to cultivate more of a self-compassion through being aware of ourselves, being able to recognise what are blocks to being compassionate towards ourselves, really diverting that compassion and care inwardly. We know from research that it's much harder for us to be self-compassionate than it is to be sort of compassionate with others. And so it really is a skill that we cultivate over time and it's about being able to stay willing to practice and stay open to it so you can experientially start to, to feel the connection with oneself. And sometimes people say, you know, Catherine, well, it's all well and fine. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to meet when I stop to slow down and be with myself. And that's why I keep busy all the time. Um, and often that sense of disconnect or fear might be there lurking in the background. And what can be really nice sometimes is to be like popping our hand in our heart space and just noticing what sensations are there and physically generate a sense of connection from ourselves to ourselves. Allowing the hand to generate a sense of physical warmth. 
beginning to make that reconnect. Compassion practice isn't just an illogical state. It's about really descending into the reality of the human experience. So it's about a head-heart connection. And so we have a whole range of ways that's really important for us to be able to come back to ourselves when we get distracted, when we get run in fear, when we get overwhelmed and shut down through heavy emotions, whether it's exhaustion, whatever it might be, whatever the context is, that we find a way to always be able to, first of all, notice where we've gone in terms of our observation and our ability to be self-aware through that kind of self-knowledge and noticing more intimately where we are at and what's going on inside of our own internal landscape at that moment in time. And then having the, the, the skill, knowledge and awareness of what it is. Hmm, what is it that I need for myself in this moment? And to seek that out and to practice it for ourselves as often and as much as we need to. It's not easy. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's actually really difficult. And it's also the birthplace of so much vulnerability in a healthy way. We feel seen, we feel heard. We're honouring the life for ourselves in a way that isn't just in an intellectual sort of space. It's in a much more experiential head-heart connection and it's so liberating. It's empowering. And it's honouring ourselves. We're not waiting for society to declare maybe a sense of worthy or an okayness about us. We get to do that from the inside out. And therefore, no matter what happens in the external environment or how that sort of dodgy territory changes, that we are fundamentally more secure and safe and being our own safe base inside of ourselves, that we can operate from a greater sense of agency and stability from. There's lots of ways that we can practice it. So it's sort of updating that negative self-talk when it happens. It's also about slowing down enough that we can cultivate more of a, a love and kindness or a meditative way of how we connect with things. You know, whether that's through formal meditation, whether that's just doing things more informally as you go about your day with a greater sense of care. Could be offering yourself a silent mantra. May I be well. May I live with ease and peace. May I experience kindness from myself to myself. May I be happy. May I be well. And it's not always so fluffy, you know, and soft and gentle. Sometimes it's having to say to yourself, enough, let's just stop engaging in this right now and let's get your shoes on and let's get out the door. Let's just not engage in the thinking anymore. It's just not helpful, you know? And so your compassionate tone with yourself is also a range of tones that you might notice. Sometimes it is about, whoa, 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 there, 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 let's just stop. Just take a breath. It's all too overwhelming. It could be like, Jesus, just give yourself a break. Let's just stop, 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 stop. Sometimes it's like, come on, you can do it. You know, don't let the bastards get you down. Come on, you got this. You know, and so 
it's about exploring a repertoire of range that we can access inside of ourselves that really is adaptable to what we need from moment to moment, depending on where we are and how we can get our needs met inside of ourselves. It's like a superpower. Once you have that ability to be self-aware of what you need and what the block is, then you have the power to change it. And it transforms our ability to be connected. You know, we know isolation is, loneliness is, is one of the biggest epidemics really that we face, you know, and it's just as bad for our health um, as it is smoking nowadays. And so being connected is so, so fundamental to our well-being and our fulfillment so that we are not disconnected which is just something that can happen so easily with being maybe overtired being too busy having erasing thoughts lots of fear lots of anxiety addiction you know there can be a whole host of reasons why and whatever it is it's about being able to recognize what your own current landscape is how is your self-talk what are your blocks to your ability to be kind and compassionate to yourself and what would your compassionate self be saying to you what we would hope your compassionate self would be saying to you in any given moment when you need it we spend 24 hours a day with ourselves and so our relationship with ourselves is fundamentally the most important absolutely comes first beyond anything else and that's not from a place of selfishness it's a place of responsibility um, everything else gets to benefit. And so your ability of how you engage with yourself and develop that sense of worth and recognize and value, you taking care of you is, is the most important thing. And it's integral to that landscape of feeling able to be trusting and able to tolerate a lot of the uncertainty that's in the world.